0: Welcome to episode 728 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Radio Team, welcome along to episode 728 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsome, Bevan James Oz. How you going, mate? Pretty good, Bevan. See the mountains today?
1: We can, and I didn't bike up here today, partly because we had an early start. Well, I thought thought you would be. Well, I was going to, but then it started spitting with rain when I was driving home from the pool, and now it's beautiful. Yep, so anyway, I'm here, I'm on time. And we've done the interview. We're ahead of the game we are,
0: John Newsome. We're ahead of the game. Okay, Uh, I'm Talkers proudly brought to you by... Our fantastic
1: patrons. You go first, Is a... Terry uh, DLS B We've got Murray the Holy Hammer Lapworth. Made a return to the pool, second swim today, doubled his distance, went 1,500 metres last week and 3K today. That's not wise. Progress, I suppose you get away from it in swimming. you just got to... Doubling your distance is never wise if you've been out of something for a while.
0: A long time for Murray. It's a a fast road to injury. Uh, And then... Adam Flipper-Philby. Three three iconic listeners of the
1: show there. Uh, This week's show we've got some news, we've got a hot topic of the week, we've got an interview. We are talking with Sarah Crowley, the Ironman machine that she is. uh, Podiumed in Kona twice, I think it is, two thirds. And uh, lots of wins at other races such as Frankfurt, Cairns and Arizona and all over the place.
0: And then lastly, well, we've got Geek Corner, wing over the weekend, a few questions and answers at the end. Jonbo, more professional women's racing and men's racing over the weekend on the virtual world that we all seem to be living in right now. Uh, what happened, John?
1: And, and now added a swim into this equation as well. So it's still very bike dominated. So this is the Ironman virtual reality series. Uh, so what Short the, swim. Yes, yeah, so I think it was 500 metre swim. I haven't actually got that in front of me, but it looks like it probably was. What's 500? the worst distance to swim
0: if your gun balls out?
1: The worst distance Yeah hardest, like, like,
0: like a, And you think track athletes 400 metres Has to be the worst race
1: 400 metre hurdles Is almost Oh worse. yes uh, exactly. The hardest swimming race Would be the 200 metres butterfly Yes That is just a killer Just For us me and Mortals To do 200 fly Is one thing You're drowning by the end of to, to race that distance Is very difficult uh, So that would be The hardest swimming So that's what they
0: should do In the next virtual race mm, A 200 metre butterfly. butterfly And then what bike ride What distance bike ride uh, biking's a bit different, but biking's a bit different. you'd probably go 10k because they'd be balls out, wouldn't it?
1: Yeah, well, the standard sort of the 10 miles, 16 kilometres is your standard distance, but I don't think there's too much of a yeah with biking. So you
0: do a 20 metre uh, fly butterfly swim, yeah, 16 kilometre bike ride, yeah, 3k run, yep, they'd be spewing, eh?
1: Yep, well, they, yep, they would be, they so wouldn't be if much. Fun. Any spewing this weekend, but they had a I think it was a 500 meter swim, they had a 3k run, and they can do that, I don't know what the stipulation is as to how far in advance of the bike ride, so they don't do this as a swim bike run, what they do is they get the athletes to film themselves running, and I think when I saw Mike Phillips, I think he maybe did it two days before the, the 40k Ruby race, and, and likewise... I Back think it up, like, it's not on the same day? No, no. Oh, <laughs> That about? Okay, so then the, what they do, the, the pros go and film them doing it, yeah. and then they submit that footage and they incorporate that into the production on the day, so oh, okay. it's more of a show, okay, so you okay, okay, kind of okay. get that, so you still okay. are doing a swim, bike and run, but it's not in triathlon format, so they did a 3k run, 500m swim, and then they had a uh, 40k race on Ruby. and um, and we had a couple taking it out with the athletes we had on the show fairly recently. How about that? So Jenny Seymour took out the females race uh, by, in convincing fashion, by three minutes over Leslie Smith, Kimberly Goddle and Pamelara Alvarez, a few names here I'm not familiar with at all. Uh, and then on the male side, we had Justin Metzler st- uh, taking it out in 107. So his splits we swam 547, biked 5224, and ran a 907. Uh, and then took that out from Stephen Zawoski, Sam Appleton, and Bradley Weiss. So Sam Appleton and Bradley Weiss certainly are uh, mean athletes. Uh, Stephen Zawotsky. I haven't heard of him before. So good on him for getting second place. John, why haven't we seen Yarn? Why haven't we seen? Why haven't we seen the rock stars in this series? It's a really oh, mainly for, for if you're talking as an example of Yarn is he's uh, with Zwift, so he won't. I oh, he's be, sponsored by them? Yeah, is he? He won't be doing uh, any Ruby racing, and I think you'd see the same with. Uh, but we've not seen Lewis the rock charts. stars. Are we? We're not
0: seeing the top fivers and Kona a lot.
1: No, you're not. And bizarre. Yeah, and. and they'll be focusing on getting ready for racing and they'll be a bit like what you're going to hear in the interview later on with Sarah Crowley you know she's gone boom I'm going to focus on my swimming during this period so I would imagine that's what a lot of the athletes are doing Uh, in short course you are seeing some of them but not all so you know when we watch the Super League races and the, the Z Pro Tri Series there are you know you got Brownlee you got quite a few of the big hitters but you haven't got, say, Mario Mola. you haven't got um, Gomez and and guys like that. So they're obviously just uh, going down a different path.
0: So last week we were talking about Nick Cosman. And Nick Cosman, he was an age group who was dominating the dojo in the virtual racing, particularly on the bike. And we were like... Oh, the old, the old stats aren't right. But he came back to us and he said, you guys are bloody hilarious, so we like him for that. He's got, first of all, thanks for the shout-out for winning the last two Ironman virtual racing events, uh, 13 and 14. You guys had some questions about my bike time split. My average power was 362 watts.
1: Not That's sharp. pretty impressive. Put that into perspective, uh, so over a one hour for me, um, and you guys probably know my sort of level, uh, I could probably do maybe 315 th- th- at, at, at probably best. So 365, Killing that's significantly more, I and mean, he's significantly faster, but that's sort of put in perspective.
0: And exactly, which, uh, which is very high, but I should explain that this was supposed to be my first year to go pro as a triathlete. My bike leg is definitely my strength, and with the added time to train during covid my cycling fitness has reached an all-time high coming off some awesome results in 2019 including a win at musk 70.3 age group race only and winning the ontario long distance champs for a second year in a row i was looking forward to the 2020 season with a finalist in the swift tri academy team which unfortunately did not go ahead as planned due to covid uh, if I made the Swift Tri team, the plan was to stay amateur. Otherwise, I was going to take the pro card and give it a crack as long as my thirty-eight-year-old legs would carry me. So Nick, basically, is a bloody rock star.
1: He is indeed, and he and he he. he uh, uh... He has taken this weekend's one out as well, but initially he hadn't. Three so We've got to say that they are, that Ironman are going through and uh, checking results because yesterday when I was looking at it, he was sitting in second place uh, and first place has since been removed from the data. It was somebody from the Philippines and the times that this, this dude did, uh, off the top of my head, I think the, the 3K run was, it was like 910 or something like that. So he's, he's an athlete. Which is the same as what the, the pros were doing. And then I think his second run, I think was like 32 and for 10k for 10k nice and then his run uh, his bike I think was 49 uh, and when we look at Justin Metzler he was the fastest on the bike with 52 so he was 3 minutes faster than a pro athlete so that has now been expunged from the results and Nick is back on top uh, now I wonder if that guy
0: out. was cheating or if he was making mistakes
1: uh, I Absolutely. I think so many people get fired up and call everybody cheats. I just think it's a legitimate mistake. He was probably, oh, I assume he must run- have been running on a treadmill... Uh, so he was obviously entered in the wrong category because he was running on the treadmill oh do they have a treadmill category? yeah so they've got a championship division and a challenger division I think it's called so challenger you can do whatever you you want you can do whatever you want you can do it on whatever platform for the bike or you can go outside Um, but for the championship one you have to do it on Ruby and you have to run on the road Uh, so he obviously wasn't meeting those uh, demands so I think a lot of the time people say oh these people are cheating um, whether it be on the bike or the, the run and I think most of the time People have just got devices that read really high, and uh, and it's they're making a mistake knowingly or unknowingly. But I don't think people are actually going out there and fudging things intentionally. Well done, man. see the good, good in everybody. Come on. Well done, Nick. What, three weeks in a row, mate. Yeah, pick don't, an age group, Come Someone in, in
0: dojo. In, I'll go. The oldest. What's the oldest age you've ever got?
1: Well, let's let's try seventies, shall we? Okay. See if there's anybody. No, I was born in the seventies. 70s is great, right okay, well, oh, dojo domination by Ricardo Gonzalez from the States, he went 237 for a victory of, uh, or oh, not quite a 20 minute victory but this is only Olympic distance, we should make it 10 minutes for Olympic distance, uh, he had a, the next place was 254 was James Ramsey, and third was uh, Larry Uh, in 258 and we give the females some love as well if we've got any 70 plus we've got one 70 plus female Andrea McCarter from the States she went 4 hours and 14 let's have a look at her splits she went 148 for her 10k run off the bike 2 hours on the bike and 25 minutes on the run so nice work for you 70 plus athletes to be cranking it I'll
0: do one as well John I've I've gone the females 40 to 44 Tanya Tanya Lentz uh, from Germany did a 2.02 to win the category and who times my computer's a bit slow off this website today I tell you uh, and then in the mails I can't break down her times uh, the mails Derek Nugget uh, from Ireland did a 146.07. so there's the winners in the 40-year-old category. John, John's john got a great heading for this next one. Coming up this weekend, we have a half-Iron distance race, but we all know the real half iron simulation in October is the Iron Talk one.
1: That's right, so a uh, half-distance for Ironman virtual reality, so good luck anybody who's uh, giving that a crack this weekend. But as Bevan said, 11th of October, we're doing our Kona the IM Talk Conut Weekend World Championships. We mentioned this last week, and the idea is. That What's the
0: 11th? Okay, so I start training. Week of September.
1: Week of, okay, sweet. So we're going to try to make this more or less a proper swim bike run continuous effort. We have a couple of group rides organised on Zwift and if there's demand I'll uh, see if I can ramp something up on Ruby. So you go and swim your, your uh, 2k in the pool uh, and try to time it so then you can get it straight onto your bike. I have had a couple of people say to me, because I've set the start times at 8.30am in the morning, that they might not be able to do the swim before the bike given when pools open etc. Oh that's a good point. Um, so... If that's the case, then just do it later in the day, but it's all about the intent. If your pool, like for example here, is open at 7 o'clock, you go and do it beforehand. If your pool doesn't open until 8, then obviously you need to do it later in the day. We'll accept that, but it's the intent. You need to go straight after your run though, so it is continuous swim, bike, run or bike. Run, swim as possible. Yep. yep. So check it all out. Go to iamtalk.me and up the top uh, the buttons. You've got the camps/slash training um, button. Click on that, and you can. Uh, we need people to sign up so I can just you know keep the news going out there. But we had quite a few sign up last week, so it should be good times. I've, I need to sign
0: up. You do. Have you put me on the list or I need to sign no, up?
1: No, you need to take responsibility. Okay, I'll take responsibility. John, you know what's really funny? <laughs> 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 what? <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> so. This morning, I was doing, you know, I'm very well prepped for this show, and I was, I get up early, and because we were doing at 8, normally what I do is I teach a class, I do a core workout, then I come home, do my prep before the show, set up the show and all the rest of it. But this morning, because you were coming early, I did my prep. So before I went to the gym, I was doing my prep for the show, and I was like, I didn't realise it a South Africa 70.3 on this weekend. It's Schumann's racing. And then I was like, wait a second, John put an in interview at 10.15, and I was like, oh, it's so cool there's going to be a race on, but I was looking at January's notes. right? So I was looking at show notes from like beginning, before this all happened, yes. and I had a bit of a bummer moment.
1: Back in the day when we had some racing. I know,
0: and I was like, oh, Sherman's going to be racing 70.3 in South Africa. And I was like, I didn't think that was on, but then I was like, oh, that's pretty cool because this week there's no races from this time last year.
1: There isn't. So it was a bit of a lull between sort of Roth and German, and I mean Frankfurt and I think it was Switzerland. It was just one weekend where there was actually this time last year, there was no significant racing that I could uh, quickly see.
0: Okay, so uh, the PTO seemed to be doing, Professionals Triathletes Organization seemed to be doing some pretty exciting stuff because they I've announced a man by the name of Chris Kermode as the new vice chairman and Chris Kermode if you read into the article was one of the men who had he was a pro tennis player kind of a journeyman tennis player uh, in the 80s, but he was one of the men who had a big influence on making,
1: is it the ATP? Yes, it yep. is.
0: Uh, the ATP, the organisation it is today, and, and really so a- giving A-ATP the power. ATP
1: is called the Association of Tennis Professionals. Um, who basically is, control tennis, really, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, which is pretty similar to what the PTO is trying to do.
0: Mm. And uh, so has a lot of experience in this world. Apparently, he was quite a big influence on the, the value and the success of the tennis world.
1: Massively so, by the look of it.
0: Yeah, so interesting they've got someone of this calibre
1: yeah I think they're just, they're just every step seems to be a winner at this stage you know obviously we haven't had the Collins Cup and whether or not we have Daytona is un- unknown but in terms of looking after the pros they're doing a fantastic job getting the right people in positions and they, these guys who've got huge experience and probably don't need to really do it for the money or anything like that for them to actually see value in it gives me more confidence that this might actually here's happen. a question for
0: you John how many years does Kona have to have no pros before it loses its appeal Because let's say the PTO
2: Mm.
0: becomes, and I hope this happens, let's say it becomes a really good organisation where, because if it doesn't work now, it's never going to work. This is the best opportunity for the pros to own the sport, or at least Mm. have a big influence on the sport, Um, and to run the sport in a way which is really beneficial to pros, whereas right now they're second-class citizens. When we think of history of events, you think some events could never lose their influence, but then yeah. you think of like the FA Cup in football. Mm-hmm. FA Cup was one of the biggest events in football nowadays; still important, but not as important. Mm. Kona and is the golden ticket in our sport. It's it, you know it's the event that everyone wants to do. But if the PTO becomes pretty influential five, ten years from now, and they go, you know what, pros will not done Kona for the next five years,
1: mm. what happens to Kona? Yeah, absolutely, it would lose its its appeal. It'd still be there and it would still have the appeal, but if Somebody comes along and says, We're going to put five million dollars on the line. Same
0: weekend as Kona, or, all or, the pros, all within
1: a week or two of Kona. Yeah, but you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that most pros would jump on it, and, and Kona may well become a sort of a second tier race where it might be the big kahunas go and do this other race, and then the the rest maybe go. Well, I don't think it
0: could be a one off, I think it have to happen for like five, six years because mm. it is that you kind of you know that year that they had two Kona's and Tinder one, the one you know, where everyone went to Nice, yeah. Um, the, the, the value of the Kona prestige holds on if it's only a short-term thing. Mm. But I think if PTO attacked Kona quite hard, and let's be honest, it's, it is competition, mm. um, if they attacked Kona quite hard, and it was like four or five years, and you know suddenly the PTO have the World Championship of Triathlon for long course, mm. that's a really interesting moment.
1: Mm. It, you kind of hope it wouldn't come to that. But, but it has to, it doesn't it? Have, it? But it would have to. Yeah. yeah because... Ironman aren't going to go. Oh yeah, we'll work with you guys and do everything yeah. you, you want us to do. Um, so it may be that because the power of coming.
0: Kona is the championship, mm. the history, um, the the public perception of Ironman Kona outside of every you know outside of our world. So I was sitting at the gym a girl who was wearing an Ironman T-shirt every day I was teaching, and she's she'd done one Man. She goes, Which one do you have you done?" I said, "I done Iron Man wrote in Kona." She goes, "Oh, you didn't in you know, the world, you know?" There is that prestige. Um, but that stuff dies over time if, it's, if it loses its influence.
1: And could kind of be done better, I guess, you know, from our perspective, if we, it, it, we go, we've just settled that it's awesome and it is awesome, mm. but could they shake it up and make it so it's even better for the, for the pro athletes? I guess for the age group it's just going over there and grinding it out, but for the pros, if they made some course changes as we've maybe discussed in the past and instead of being a 180 kilometer grind out to Harvey and back, maybe make it more interactive would it be a better race?
0: Well, here's a question. If you're an age grouper and next year all the Kona's go, we're actually going to do the Collins Cup, which is on the same weekend as, mm. and it's going to be in road. I know this is all, you know, but whatever. Will you want to go to Kona with no pros or do you want to go to road?
1: I guess it would depend if you've done Kona before. If you've ticked the box for Kona, I'd say you'd go to elsewhere. But if you haven't, you probably still want to go take Yeah, but I reckon after three or four years, oh pe- yeah, and then again, it would gain momentum. Yeah,
0: so 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 it's interesting to see. Again, I think this is a really interesting moment in our sport. And if these guys can get it right, if they can't get it right, it's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. So this is a really because they've got money, they've got great people behind them, and the pros are on board. Mm-hmm. Um, if they do get it right, we'll look at this moment twenty years from now and we'll go far out. This really changed the sport mm-hmm. and tennis in the seventies and the eighties. That's what happened, wasn't it? Mm. You know, so the interesting COVID stuff.
1: situations made it possibly a bit more possible. Yeah, totally. Uh,
0: but on the other Iron Man news, the advanced complete acquisition of Iron Man Group. This is an interesting acquisition, isn't it? Because it kind of happened just before COVID.
1: It, it, it may, the, the financials of this would be really interesting. Yeah, because it, it kicked off on March 26. Uh, the transaction was first announced on March 26, when Orkela Capital, a growth equity firm focused on investments in media, entertainment, and consumer sectors, partnered with Advance as a co-investor in the transaction. So they bought Iron Man from the Wanda Sports Group. Uh, so you're, you're just sitting here wondering. Did they get a good deal or did they get a shit deal? Because they're not going to be getting any income so far from March to now. It's going to be burning millions and millions of dollars with nothing coming in. And who knows when that's going to turn around. So very interesting transaction.
0: I wonder if they renegotiated.
1: Who knows? Somebody must know. Somebody let us know. Surely,
0: surely you do. Yeah. Although maybe, no, because it's only just been confirmed. Mm. Surely you go back to the table mm. and you say... Let's be honest, this, this ain't the thing we were looking at buying before, mm. Yeah. so well, someone, if you've got some sort of scoop, give us the scoop. Okay John, one thing that's looking exciting, Ember Man looks like it is going to be going ahead in France on the 15th of August and Joe Skipper goes over that way so
1: it could be his race uh, well no there's some good good pros racing and I talk about this race every year absolutely love it definitely uh, I think did I say a couple of weeks ago it was number one on my hit list that I wanted to uh, do yeah you did I think I did and uh, so it's on the 15th of August and it very much looks like it's going ahead because uh, plenty of noise on the site they've got all their sort of COVID plans in place uh, I didn't read most of them because they were all in French but it certainly sounds <laughs> it like it definitely <laughs> makes it harder <laughs> so wee uh, wee oui, it, oui. it, it looked to me like on the start line like you were going to be socially distanced a little bit on the start line, like a metre and a half gap and then sort of in rows. So I'm not quite sure how they're going to um, that's, work that. That's, it's just, all... that's just, come yeah. on. <laughs> come on. Um, that's just making keeping appearances, isn't it? Spectators had to register um, to actually spectate on site. Um, but it looks like it's all cracking ahead so August 15th big money race uh, outside of Kona I think it's pretty much on par with regional championships most years in that sort of region the one gripe we have with it it's not equal prize money the females get Ooh, less than the males it's very old school isn't it's it it's very French it's it's not right um, and and that's one thing I don't like about the event um, but yeah it's going to be cool to see some racing Joe Skipper I see is on the start line but he went over there he's been training there the last couple of weeks got his bike nicked off the top of his car by oh the look really it but luckily he had another bike with him. But his bike was a uh, its a very distinctive, I think it's Quantana Roo, with a distinctive paint job. I guess if they stripped it down without the paint, but if you tried to sell that, I don't think there'll be, there's probably not that many of them with his setup as well with the bars out the front. Anyway, so hopefully Joe gets another bike uh, and, yeah, should be some good racing.
0: Random thought, John. I was on uh, some website the other day, and I showed some guy who's a designer, who's designed a wetsuit to look like a tuxedo. Right, <laughs> it looks pretty good. Yeah. Like, it looks pretty sharp. If, why hasn't wetsuits been more innovative in their design to look cool?
1: Uh, you do see a few more different ones coming out these days. Because I mean, remember,
0: shoes—shoes were always pretty boring, and then like mm. probably two thousands, yeah, they became cool.
1: And, and I'm, I, I, this is my understanding, is when you do start putting the sort of paint onto them, it deteriorates the oh, material, okay. which is why it's happened less. But it looks like a lot of companies now have sort of figured out a way around that. Um, but that, I think, was the, the main reason why wetsuits haven't gone Imagine it, fruity. like,
0: you know, like Marvel characters. Mm. You know, people, love, imagine if you had a Batman mm. wetsuit.
1: People love that crap. Business opportunity there for you, Bevan.
0: Hell yeah. John's ITU update. What's happening in Super League? I saw the PR announcement, but I didn't read it. So what, what's happening?
1: Um, so what's happening is the world of virtual racing is actually coming in terms of they're going to be doing a Super League arena. It's going to be in Rotterdam in late August. And so as far as what I could glean from it, and it wasn't amazingly clear uh, as to what's going to happen. Got lots of but flames. It's going to be a swim. A bike and a run. It's going to be a triathlon. <laughs> wow. However, the bike is going to be on Zwift. But there, uh, as far as I understand it, you're going to be in a room altogether oh. uh, rather than remotely. So it's going to be uh, Zwifting in a, in a room together. So there's running. a pool in the yeah there must be a pool close by so that was the start bits I didn't know how far is it from the swim to the bike do they run there and jump on their bikes or do they swim and then come and join in on the bikes Uh, and then the run's going to be on treadmills so I think a lot of people a lot of people seem to say that the future of triathlon is all this indoor stuff and, and because of the inaccuracies of it, I don't uh, buy into that, I think it's fine for now and it's a good platform, it's a good training tool, good to have some fun racing but it's not accurate, it's not fair in in many circumstances. However when you set it up in a controlled environment like this, when I guess everybody's going to be on the same um, bike machine and they're they're all going to be be calibrated correctly, then the accuracy should be pretty good Uh, so I'm really interested to see how it goes Obviously, they're saying the end of August. Uh, we're still going to have lots of travel restrictions on at that stage. So whether or not uh, everybody can get there, or it's more the guys that are based in Europe and it's more of a European Super League, who knows? Um, but uh, I think it's I think that will be amazing racing. Can you imagine being on a bike trainer and treadmills and like an arena with 10, 000, say ten thousand people watching? The noise and everything like that would be amazing. So I do think this is could be a future. Uh, branch of our sport
0: well i think that the, the thing that makes it appealing because let's be honest watching people on a treadmill and, and on a I believe stationary bikes boring as but the swift component on a big screen
1: yeah so you'll see them running but then you have a massive screen mm. and then you'll be able to see their avatars running along so you'll be able to actually see where where they're placed and position so uh i think it could be amazing
0: well, yeah, we'll be t- time will tell. Time will tell, John. OK, this week's discussion. Oh, no, we? We've got one other ITU bit
1: oh, yep. but, but of news. ITU have announced that they're planning to go ahead with the elite under-23 junior and para world tri-champs at the end of the year. So they were scheduled to be in Edmonton in, I'm not sure if it was August or September. Um, so they are wanting to hold the world championships, which again, might be a bit of a hard ask um, in terms of the travel... Who knows? I think it's better to have a plan than have no plan at all. And we experienced this down in New Zealand, Australia, because in the middle of COVID, uh, the rugby league organisation yeah. were going. We're going to have we're going to have games. We're, gonna have Game games. Guys, we're dreaming, going to have. And everyone goes, "You're dreaming, mate. Going, you're dreaming. Idiots. There's no way that's going to happen." Yeah. And then it did. Yeah. Uh, so I think. I think it's a bit of a long shot to get everybody together for a world champs later in the year. But at least if they've got a bit of a plan, then if things do hopefully die down... Yeah, John, I don't don't know about this, but in New Zealand,
0: if people come back to New Zealand, they've got to go into quarantine. 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 Um, For two weeks. What what about other countries?
1: Yeah, I think it varies. If you go to the UK right now, do you have to do two weeks? Uh, I don't keep up with that sort of stuff.
0: No, I'm just just kind of curious. Because to do a championship here... If you get everyone here three months before, maybe, mm. but they need to do the quarantine. But if you're going, yeah, I don't know. I just don't know what's happening around the world. Okay, John, uh, this week's discussion- this Hold on,
1: Revan, I need to adjust my microphone. Oh, he's just- You can carry on, though. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about the discussion.
0: He, he, so he walks in today, he thinks it's pretty cool because I've done the old setup, and he comes in, he does his new setup. No, that No, that, that's just the way it is. Oh, yeah, No, you need to tighten that bit there. Come on, some. Yeah, exactly. So he thinks he's changing things around, but uh, okay. This week's discussion: while he's trying to sort his crap out. You're right there. You're right. You right? Yeah, he said, "Do more of those press ups. More than fifteen press ups a day." <laughs> okay. Uh, what is the most adventurous, challenging training or race that you survived? That in hindsight was bordering on being a bit stupid. Turns out we've got a few stupid people here, John, because we've got some good answers. Uh, Kevin Hunt, coast to coast 30 years ago, got badly dehydrated on the first run, even though I was drinking river water. Nearly did not start the second day, but gutted it out. Still can't handle the heat too well. Also, Kona Equathon 2016, Dave asked me what I was doing putting wetsuits on. (laughs) When I I told him I was going for a run, he said, you're freaking crazy. He was right.
1: (laughs) Nice. <laughs> that was when we do our wetsuit aquathon in in Kona each year. Yeah. Uh, you get pretty hot, Lynette. Uh, Lintani Alaska man When they had us Swimming 4k In the glacier waters With strong Tide going against us They were meant To have us start Before the tide turned But delayed for an American national anthem To be played No boys to follow Only a light in the distance Felt like an endless swim Scary and freezing cold Not many support kayaks I so thought I was alone As I couldn't see Any other swimmers I wonder how many Finished the swim
0: Because we are going Against the tide Like I've been swimming Outside and you aren't moving Have you had yeah. that experience?
1: Yeah and 4K in frigid water. <laughs> oh.
0: Jim has got, I agree uh, to, to run the 4th of July Big Bear California 5K in a beer suit for the Beat the Bear competition. Oh, that's, that's gold. If the beer beats you, the beer eats you. Due to the pandemic, the race was turned into a virtual event, but I ran the course in the beer outfit. 80 degree weather, restricted vision, and 606,700 feet elevation made a pretty tough little run. 26 minutes, 12 seconds. I got the big thumbs up and a nice mask comment from the police that rolled past.
1: Brendan John Murray, a brick session preparing for the Hell of the West which is a race up in the Queensland cane fields. He ran off a 70 or 80 kilometre bike ride outside in temperatures of 35 degrees C, no wind or shade or water. Found myself outside a lone house tiny patch of shade with heart rate at 140 standing still still prick uh, skin prickling looked at the house for about 10 minutes trying to make a tap appear didn't happen no surprise <laughs> made it back for a slow 6k a few lessons learned that's where that moment where you are out in the middle of nowhere and you think and shit. you're completely bonked you yeah. and you've just got nothing there's no support you've got yeah. you're out of food you're out of drink you got nothing
0: yeah, and it's like i literally one time we were in, I must have been biking by myself and I hit the wall and I'm in the middle it was one of the Oxford rides but i was still kind of miles from anything mm. and my only strategy was literally to go to sleep in the grass for now because <laughs> <laughs> I, I had no food I'd, yeah. like, I'd hit the wall yeah, you, yeah. Know, like, you know when you hit the wall but the petrol station's up the road you pull yeah. over you eat everything at the petrol station I, I had nothing so I literally, just, I literally fell off my bike and just lying in the grass for like an hour.
1: Head spinning. Oh,
0: mate, I was not in a good place. Yeah. And Because this is back in the... You didn't have cell phones. Mm. You know, so you, you, had, you had your iPod, but you didn't have mm-hmm. cell phones back in those days. So I, I slept for an hour and then I got enough to get to, get to a... I had some money on me, so i get to a shop and... Mm. Oh, it was tough work. David uh, Petz has got running a self-supported 50K in a remote location... That I'd never been a, been to without self-service or a GPS map. Yeah, this is a bit foolish. Uh, all I had was a paper map and the hope that the trails would be well marked. Yeah, that's definitely, that's what Doc tell you not to do. Mm. Yeah.
1: You were on that run in Queenstown we did when we got a bit yeah, lost. Yeah, everyone got lost, yep. It's still my longest run ever. <laughs> Four hours, I think it was. Yeah. yeah. We all got lost. Luckily, we came out the back of it, didn't we? We did. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was, that was a good one. Uh, Rebecca Jocelyn, I did the icon in Italy, extreme Ironman, and it was sleeting all day and nothing was dry. I couldn't see, I couldn't get warm, I couldn't eat because my gloves were soaking, the swim was freezing and in the dark, and we had to turn around on the bike as it was snowing on Stelvio. It was totally ridiculous. Stelvio Pass is, uh, is probably one of the most iconic climbs in Italy. Sounds like a cool event if the weather was nice. Good old Brandon John Murray's got a good one here. One Australia. Uh, he's,
0: he's got two notes. Okay, Australia. I, I Alp- did number two just before. Oh, yeah. okay. Um, Australia Alpine Ascent Extreme Triathlon. This just sounds pretty crazy in itself. Heading up to Char- Charlotte's Pass on the bike. Cars approaching with hazard lights on due to visibility. That's not good. You know when you know when the cars can't see yeah? Uh, can't feel limbs. Pissing down rain. 80k winds but absolutely in the zone and belting it. I wonder every day how I heard that this race, borderline dangerous, but still the best day in my life, bar none.
1: Ooh. Nice. Uh, Aaron Renski, uh, I got two 2015 Ironman Cord Lane, due to the record-breaking heat index, took well over a year to recover, if I ever did. Uh, still struggle with the heat, which uh, which I didn't before. And in 2014, Ironman Lake Placid, swimming and riding with severe thunderstorms right overhead.
0: Good to Brian Swin's got uh, Ironman L.P., maybe Lake Placid.
1: Uh, 2014,
0: swim same, and bike. Same race, yeah. Lightning striking,
1: extremely close. So you, you and Aaron have obviously just done the, both the same races. You have exactly the same. Uh, so hot and then a bit of lightning. Lightning, Another. lightning would give you the, the heebie-jeebies a little bit, wouldn't it? Yeah,
0: mm. especially when you're thunder. Uh,
1: lightning, thunder. Only other one I've got is uh, got a Rob Dalymore. Pretty much any time I paddle the Wymac River. Well done, Rob. You must have done the coast to coast because that's something I haven't done. And it's if we look out Bevan's window, you can pretty much see it from here. Would you do it? Oh, one day. One day I keep saying that it's one a kayak. day just gotta just gotta the coast to coast of people non New Zealanders it's a big time investment we live right next to the course but still it's just the, the time investment of the kayaking but if you just
0: it, did it to do the experience you, yeah. could, you know don't do much or bike run just do enough to get through it yeah I think Cause I'll because the pro- bike's aren't long
1: no I think I'll probably end up doing it with Thomas when he's a bit older oh nice nice
0: okay John uh, what about you.
1: Um, so I think the obvious ones, and we discussed this a little bit last week, uh, the scary descents. Well, do, you have one, no, do you have one in particular? Well, I don't have one in particular.
0: One in particular. Like I remember when I was doing cycle racing, and I did that tour of Nelson, whatever it was, and I'm going down a descent, and it, 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 it's, everyone's going for it in mm. a big pack and these are cycle races. these guys are, you know pretty skilled cycle races. we're going downhill but it's a wet road mm-hmm. and we're flying and I'm just fair shitting myself and mm. d- you, you could you, you know, all you had to do was ride it out mm. you know there's no way out you just you're just hoping for dear life. you don't come off because if you come off going downhill ain't nice no. you come off downhill and 20 cyclists around you <laughs>
1: um, I'd say probably last year the most recent one was last year we were on Epic Camp France and we left from Andorra Dora, and it started raining thunderstorms over the we we're straight into the first climb. You had about a one kilometre descent, straight into the first climb. It was raining all the way up the first climb. Mm. Uh, and this is a proper pass. You come down the other side, still bucketing down with rain. And then you, we did the second pass, was going over, it was one of the highest passes in the Pyrenees, if not the highest. It was like 2,500 metres. Really? Uh, wow. Freezing cold at the top. We all pulled into a um, little coffee shop, and we just caned this guy with like <laughs> 30 hot chocolates before <laughs> we left. And then this was only... Half, not even halfway into the ride uh, and then most people got in the van and there was a handful of us that went off individually didn't go as a group yep. just said I'm, I'm cracking on I'm just getting this done going down the other side you're descending for god knows how long oh you are so half cold you're cold you're wet your you're, you're, you're teeth are like because you know, even, even just shaking together. your
0: bike because your hands are so cold mm. you know the shiver of the body is pretty dangerous in that moment
1: yeah so and so Eventually you get to the bottom and you're still freezing and you're going, that wasn't the smartest thing to do. But you got through it, so it was pretty cool and did carry on to do 210Ks that day. You do
0: go to that place of, I've just got to work through this. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like you literally are. Hmm. you just got to get through it. just work through this.
1: And In hindsight, I would would do it again, but you maybe just have a couple little breaks on the descent just to try to get your shit together. That would be the only thing I would have changed. So those epic days, weather-based, we've had a couple on epic camps have been pretty full on. So that was good times
0: just for me weather days yep that, that cycle racing swimming across the harbour through the through the um oh,
1: that was the other thing i was gonna say solo open water swimming in yeah. dodgy conditions yeah i've
0: done that and where the big ships go through mm, I, didn't I haven't that. done that <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't realize, I didn't realize it and then the next day i was after a run and said oh right i swam through there so i was like you swam through there yeah. now admittedly i didn't no, i was safe mm. nothing came through but that probably wasn't my license and then doing hill repeats At about 8 o'clock at night, up Mount Pleasant Road without lights. Mm. That was a bit stupid. It was. Yeah, that was not always his move. Uh, This week's discussion, what's the next big aspirational challenge that we see athletes jumping on? It used to be cool or tough to do the Zoran, the Tron bike. So what's that, John? So when
1: when you're on Zwift, you know, um, there's a special bike you can get and these days you have to do 50,000 metres of climbing to get it. It's a lot of climbing. And... And you've got you the tron bike which looks got tron like a tron, bike, tron movie it, it's 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 got fluoro wheels yep. it's just an extra gaming thing and it's and it's quite fast and it's like oh you've got a tron bike you must yep. be doing a lot of riding but now everybody's got them because, every, not everybody, lots of people have got them okay. because everybody's been swifting. So it's not the cool thing necessarily anymore. Yep.
0: Uh, now, every man and his dog has one. Lots of people are jumping on Everesting, so it's becoming a bit more mainstream. Also, every Iron Man used to be that possible event that people, but now we take it for granted and it's not that big a deal. So what's the next big thing that we're all going to be jumping on or at yeah. least the crazy people are looking for?
1: Yeah, I just because again, I look at Everesting, you know, maybe even six months See, ago. See, did it. I did, yeah. And he broke the record, didn't he? Yeah. I'm not, a, I'm not a Contador fan, so. Do you think
0: he was on drugs when he did it? <sighs> who knows? <laughs> uh,
1: well, yeah, who knows. But didn't most, what, most, I didn't say was, do you think most he Most people have their their assumptions. Um so that's the thing, like, everything springs to mind straight away. Six, nine months ago, you'd be gone far out. That is just insanely mental. Oh, I remember
0: when I first heard of it. I think we someone sent us through on the show. It was a Kiwi guy done it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my, that's so
1: ridiculous. And now, it's still, it's bloody hard. It's an all-day bike ride. Yeah. You know, 14, 15 All-day hill ride as well. Yeah, so it's insanely hard. But it's like when somebody goes to Everest and you go, oh, that's impressive, nice work. But yeah. you don't go, holy shit, man, yeah. that's just nuts. So what's the next big thing?
0: okay or maybe you need to make it up okay three to one geeks corner quarter. we have to have
1: a pause though because we've got to see if, if the answers are actually well no you find the answers
0: it. they are, on, they, are on as, they are on as they are
1: well i want to have my little guesses oh first. okay i know the answers okay so okay. wait a
0: second so last week on the show I, you know me i'm a bit random and as john was talking i was r- <laughs> never never land yeah <laughs> i was thinking to myself i wonder how many because we le-
1: and. Le- and le- 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 uh, Anikolanos. Anikolanos
0: Uh Went sub 8 this time last year At Ironman Which was it, Austria?
1: I think you're right there yep. Yeah
0: Ironman Austria So we we're kind of curious to see I just said I wonder how many over 40 year old athletes have gone sub 8 and you said Thorson the geek you need to do some work here and it worked well because he's doing his little quizzy things so Thorson came back and he said I have put this as my daily quiz and I've come back with the men who have gone sub 8 over 40 and the females who have gone sub 8 over 40 and
1: I gave this a little bit of thought I didn't delve into my memory bank uh, at really really deep levels but so I think we know for the males obviously a Nikolanos who we discussed. I was thinking Crowy might have done it in uh, Ironman Melbourne. Uh, I sort of had an inkling there. And the other one I was thinking maybe Marino. I imagine he was probably 40 when he was still doing uh, extremely well, winning Austria, etc. So those are my three men. I don't know if. um, Who did you say? I said uh, Lanos, Crowy, and Marino. You got one. one. (laughs) Lanos. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> Didn't I do well <laughs> And my only other one I could think of Might be I wonder if Matt Russell's 40 yet No I don't think He probably is Is he still around Matt Russell's still around Is he racing Yeah 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 He's still doing well Oh well, no
0: no no I'm thinking Who was it Matt, God, Matt Who was tall Kiwi guy Matt Brick <laughs> No No good, good guy
1: Matt Brick was one of the first no, 40 um, year olds to
0: No He had no hair Brown guy Big Kiwi guy We we met him at Kona A couple of times Is not name Matt Oh, I can't remember.
1: Anyway, no. sorry. Uh, okay, so my next guess would be maybe Freddie Van Leer. I don't yes. know. He's 40. Yes. So he
0: did uh, Barcelona 2019 and Cozumel 2019. So okay. he
1: did it twice. Uh, and I'm not going to be able to pluck anybody out really quickly. So Done in
0: 2017, the first man to do it, actually. Oh. Uh, Victor Zimenses.
1: I'm Victor Zimenses. Okay, I wouldn't have got that, but yep.
0: Okay, on the females, females. Is that
1: a, Yeah. Okay. Only three. Three. Okay, females are my guesses. Uh, so
0: Freddie's done it twice. Right. So so it shows how hard it is mm. because, you know, you've got a Kona winner there. Mm-hmm. Alanos in his day, was one of the premium athletes.
1: Victor? immense he won um, a lot of races, so he was, yeah. yeah. I wouldn't have put, I wouldn't have picked him, though. Uh, on the female side. So um, females, okay, okay. we've got
0: well, one, uh-huh. two, three, four, five. Okay,
1: females are doing better than the males. Uh, I'd say Meredith Kessler is almost a definite because she's over 40, I'm sure. Yep, uh,
0: she did it at Ironman New Zealand in 2020.
1: Uh, I'm surprised she's only done it once. Um, I'm going to take a guess at Lisa Roberts. No. Because I well, I reckon there's going to be a little cluster that did it, say I've done it at Ironman Texas. So that's the race that I'm nominating where I bet you there's a couple that have done it. No, none. None? <laughs> <laughs> and, and my next one might be uh, Yvonne Vlanvleuken, who I think is Yeah, she did an ju- Almere in
0: 2019. Only once?
1: Yeah, well, I think she's only just turned 40. Okay. So that's all I've got on the females.
0: Okay, one I didn't realise was 40, Carolyn Stephan. Okay. So she did it in
1: 2018.
0: Okay. It seems, I didn't so she must be 42 nearly. Mm. I wouldn't have picked that. Uh, Sonia Tash, Tashish? Yeah, German. Uh, she did it in Brazil in 2017, so she was the first person to do it. And then Corinne Albraham.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Um, she's done it once. she's done it four times. Sweden, 18, Kona, 18, uh, Taylin, 19, and Hawaii, 19.
1: Impressive. Twice in Kona. Yeah. And Impressive. It's, it's, so she would have only, Top five? Did to- uh no, she didn't finish that high, I don't think. I remember her having I think it was last year she had a really strong run. Well, but I'd say yeah. somewhere between five and ten.
0: So there you go. So in the history of the sport, five females have gone under at sub nine and only three males at sub four. I'm sorry, sub eight. So
1: if you like your try trivia, follow Torsten. I'm gonna give you
0: I'm gonna give you another random one while we're here.
1: Okay, okay let me look but yeah, if you do want to follow it, go to Torsten, uh, his Instagram page, I'm not sure, is it under Try rating or Torsten's uh Okay, we'll go, we'll go for, we'll go for Bevan, New Zealand answer one. answer the question. Is it, He listens to me, doesn't he?
0: Uh, oh, I can't, because I can't now. Okay, you go, what's uh, on Instagram? Instagram slash Try
1: rating Try rating so it's under Try rating not Torsten. Yep. Okay, what's my question?
0: Who are the three fastest males from New Zealand on the run in Hawaii Ironman?
1: Cameron Brown's an easy one.
0: He did 250, 13 yep, in so that's 2005.
1: Yeah, easy. And then you'd have to go Terenzo would be no. one of the three.
0: The, 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 the funny one was… Can't I go, no, no, no. Braden Curry. Yeah, he, he's the fastest. He did
1: 246,
0: 25 in 2019. Um,
1: and who else would you have that's done well in Kona? Um, Terenzo would have been third, and he's the third pro. It gives you a clue. Oh, right. Um, Dan Plews. Yeah,
0: Dan, Dan ran a 250. Right, yeah. Impressive. That's really impressive twenty eighteen. Mm. Jesus. Baroque Sedan so is. Um, okay, there you go. Great. Okay. Okay, John. So this oh we've done this week's
1: discussion. We've done Kick Corner. We've got an interview coming up. We have, listening to Sarah Crowley. And she's right. Okay guys, uh, this, today's interview is a name you will have seen popping up on race results all over the place in the last few years. Uh, Sarah Crowley, she has been performing extremely well in Kona with some podiums over there. She won the long course ITU World Distance Champs as well as winning a heck of a lot of other Ironmans including regional championships, Frankfurt etc and uh, Cairns. So welcome along to the show Sarah.
3: Good morning. How are you? One other thing
0: that's cool about Sarah is your Instagram is cool. Right. You know Instagram, Sarah. You, 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 a, you're, you're just a cool in your style, but you're just interesting as well on Thanks. Instagram, which I think is something that a lot of pros could learn.
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm fortunate enough. I'm working with someone um, pretty closely, um, Dale Travers, to make sure that um, everyone gets to see all the fun stuff that we get to do. I don't think in the past um, people have really um, – yeah, I guess shown a lot of the, the fun things that we get to do. Um, you know, you have to have someone there. So, yeah, Dale lives nearby in Brisbane, so we get a good opportunity to capture a lot of the fun stuff that I get to do. So, yeah, this, it's, it's coming along really well. I'm happy with it. Cool.
1: Um, we interviewed uh, Skye Monch a few weeks ago, and she mentioned she's done a bit of stuff with you in the past. Um, so it sounds like you might have had a similar background to her. So what was life before triathlon looking like for you?
3: Yeah, um, yeah, I guess similar to Sky, I'm a I'm a chartered accountant. Um, I guess what differs from Sky is way back a long time ago, which most people don't know, I did ITU as well. So um, I was from Adelaide. I moved up to Brisbane to pursue a career in, in short course triathlon and gave that a go for a couple of years. Um, and I had some okay results. I raced over in New Zealand myself a little bit, um, some of the Wellington race and that sort of thing. And then, um, yeah, yeah. just couldn't quite make the front swim pack so i did race world series um in 2009 um but i went back to work in 2010 and i kept my professional um license with triathlon australia and kept racing some half distance events while i was working um but yeah i worked in deloitte in corporate finance so it was uh it was a bit of balancing act trying to to, uh, do semi-professional triathlon and as well as manage that and then um later on i sort of Yeah, I wasn't really um, focused that much on anything in particular. I started doing sort of duathlons and Ironmans and all this sort of thing. And then, um, yeah, it just happened that my current coach was returning from um, taking a – I guess he was out uh, as a director of a cycling team for a little while, Um, and he decided he wanted to coach full-time about the same time I was going, what am I doing? I've got to make Mm -hmm. a choice. And um, I knew his strength was swimming, and he helped me. So um, and the rest is history. So, yeah.
1: But am I right that you were a fairly late starter even to try? Because I looked through your results and it seemed about 2008 you were you know, trying to make it um, in, in the ITU level and, and looked like you had some really good results at say the second and third tier races like the Asian Cups and things like that. Um, but were you fairly late to starting to try?
3: Yeah, I sort of missed the boat a little bit. I think my first year I might have been 23, so I was out of under 23s, which is unfortunate. Um, Triathlon Australia had a good program at the time where they supported um, talent development outside the sport as you were – so from outside the sport, so you could come in um, and sort of they helped you go on a few trips and things um, to try and, you know, bring more people into – into the shorter course try. So I was lucky enough that at the time I had that support. Um but yeah, I was a little bit of a late starter and I think I don't know if it's necessarily a bad thing. I did the different three different sports, um, but not together. Um whereas nowadays I think you sort of junior development programs start at triathlon, which is I think a bit intense for trying to manage that as a kid. Mm. Um I don't know. Up, to, up for debate that one but yeah Just, definitely
0: what was it like for you you know because you, you you kind of have this dream to be a pro athlete it doesn't quite work out you kind of start to do the corporate life and then the door opens again and now you know you're you're a very successful pro athlete so what was that like you know because a lot of people once they give up on that kind of athletic career and you were going into a pretty high level you know accountancy role what's it like to kind of that door open up and actually be able to realize that dream
3: yeah i don't know um I had a feeling that I could have always done better, I guess, the whole time, it was kind of itching at me, and that's why I don't think I gave it up completely. Like, I could still go and work full-time and then travel up to Asia if I could get the time and, and win a half-distance race. So it wasn't um, – yeah, I didn't fully scratch that, that itch, and I think I had faith in, in Cam um, because I knew you was such a good swimmer, and I think we sat down and had the – this, I guess he sold me on the idea that we could fix it. <laughs> when I, uh, you know, but I, the whole time I sort of really did want to have another go at some point in the long course stuff. Um, yeah, so I'm not sure. It's just it's life. Hey, you just sort of let, let it take you um, where it takes you at the time. I don't think I just enjoyed doing triathlon for triathlon for a few years, um, and it was a good outlet while I was doing, while I was working. Um, but yeah, when the opportunity arose, it was definitely super cool to to be able to try again i mean the first year wasn't financially it's was a bit of a bit rough but yeah you sort of as things build up it, it gets better
1: Mm. So to 2016, I think that was the first year sort of going all in. I think I, think I saw you finish 15th in Kona mm. in your fir- first time round, and then 2017 was holy smokes. I mean I think you won Cairns, Frankfurt and then uh, got third in, in Kona. So I guess what was the big differences um, you know, for, for 2017 that gave you those big breakthroughs?
3: Yeah, well, I guess what people don't see about 16 is that I was still working up until about the end of March, I think. I finished at Deloitte. So I was still working full time for the first quarter of that year. Um, and we only really got stuck into the re engineer sort of of the swim, probably around Namiya try, which was, you know, it's only about four to six weeks before Cairns. So the first Cairns was like, yeah, I'm fit. Um, It was a learning experience for myself and Cam as to what we were doing and will it go all right and everything. And then I guess I probably benefited greatly from the time off work um, towards the end of the year when I I actually won the Bahrain Middle East Championship Mm -hmm. half iron distance uh, in December that year. And I think by then I was starting to kind of get, I guess, physically the benefits. Like, you you know, you lose weight, you start to – you get back into the shape that I was in. Uh, sort of 10 years before um and if you think back to then I was capable of running sort of a 34 minute 10k I had some of the best times in in the shorter course try for running um Mm -hmm. so I was kind of getting myself back into that shape and learning I guess to be stronger on the bike um and then the benefits from all the work in the swim are they take a long time so you might be seeing them in the pool um which we sort of were towards the end of that year but we weren't seeing them in the racing as much and then um every sort of six months there was this step up from all the work we'd been doing so we did do about three or four swim blocks before i probably raced cans in 2017 that's for sure um which yeah you know they they were just necessary to just reinforce changes to my swim stroke and so
1: you mentioned Cam Watt there a few times. Some people might be familiar with him, some, some might not. I know he was or is part of the, the sort of tri-sato um, group. So, I mean, um, how does the training with him differ to, say, what you were doing back with coaches in the, the ITU sort of era? I know it's a different distance, so it's not comparing mm. apples with apples, but how does it sort of differ um, under the sort of tri-sato method compared to what you'd done previously?
3: Well, I mean, I was in a full time training environment. Um, so I guess as a day to day task and as an athlete in that perspective, I think falling back into a professional athlete world was easy, easy for me because I'd seen it before and going through the Institute of Sport kind of you kinda of get you're pretty good at doing all the routine things that you should be doing, which I think a lot of new pros struggle with. They don't understand um, just the day-to-day, how it should feel. Um, so that for me was easy. But in terms of the methodologies, I guess this is where I had problems. I was trying to adapt what I knew, which was mostly for a long time, even before I raced ITU, it was, you know, a lot of sort of threshold work and, and that kind of stuff um, into into long-course racing. And I think, um, I mean, I can't speak for, yeah, try short-course racing because I haven't really done it, but um, mm-hmm in the sense that I haven't tried ITU with with CAM. But, yeah, I mean, it's a lot more strength-based, a lot more strength-based training, I guess, would especially, um, yeah, I mean, we don't do a lot of high-end stuff at all now. And and I I don't think you'd expect that anyway from um, iron distance. Um, We do do phases of uh, quite short and fast stuff, but not the threshold work, which I used to do quite a lot of. We don't do a great deal of that. Oh, I, don't I guess that's technical, talking a bit tech, energy systems and all that stuff there. But, but yeah, we don't do a lot of the three minutes at, at, at oh, it hurts a lot. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's much more explanatory. Um, what do you enjoy training better?
3: Oh, I love training for short course, believe yeah. it or not.
0: Yeah,
2: okay. <laughs> yeah it's
3: a secret. Yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I I do really like running fast. Um, I haven't had that chance to really really hook into that. But then I'm older now, so I'll probably pull pull a muscle or something. Um, <laughs> so it definitely suits me more to, to be doing more strength based training.
1: <laughs> Um, one thing you know when I, when I look through your results I was scanning through yesterday you know there's a lot of wins there now in terms of winning I don't know what your win ratio is but it's, it's pretty high what's the difference in terms of how you feel about a performance when you say so you cross the line and you've won and you've had a, a good day it might not have been your best day compared to maybe where you've potentially finished second or third or something like that and you've actually maybe had a better day but not won the race is it, a, is it quite a different feeling?
3: Um yeah it really is actually like so I guess you're always pursuing your best performance and some days that's not your actual uh, there's also another you know I guess variant in that is it it's what you're capable of at that point in time versus what your expectations of yourself are too so sometimes I like I've had races in say 2008 where I actually got disqualified from a half distance event in Bustleton but I had an injury um Leading up to that race, and for me, just to finish the distance was like one of the most successful things I've done in my career. Um, Why because, did you disqualify? Oh, it was so annoying. I um, <laughs> <laughs> three of us did actually. Um, so <laughs> we actually turned short of the turn because there was a cone that looked like a turning cone, and people sort of surrounding this cone oh. and the. And it was literally like fifty meters around the corner was the actual code with the with the um. oh. And so on the next lap, we doubled back to the cone twice to go. Yeah, we've done the distance. Yeah. Um, but they once we spoke to them, they're like, no, you can't actually fix it. For anyone out there, you can't fix it on the next lap. You have to fix any error in the run course on the lap in which it occurs. So. Uh, yeah, it. that was a little bit uh, a little bit disappointing, but it you know it was um. Yeah, a great success to be able to, to actually finish that race. And then you look at other races that look fantastic. Oh, wow, look at, um, for example, Arizona last year, and that was a lot of fun for me, but it was like a job when they yeah. flew in, flew out sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and then along the way, it's each time you make a breakthrough, they're, they're really important. So, for example, the Bahrain race, and um, I'd say Frankfurt, um, although I had a terrible swim. But there's always things you take away um, from each one. But, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's it is interesting i think for me it's it's just really important so um yeah to always just perform and perform what you need to do on the day to the level it has to be done and that's a successful race
1: um yeah i i got to ask about 2019 in kona last year Um, it was an epic battle on the run with you and lucy charles i think i um i was watching quite a bit of the day live and Went, saw you, I think I saw you pass her and I thought oh well she's going to get second and you come back a bit later and, uh, and the, the tables have been turned unfortunately for you. So t- tell us a bit about um, that battle and I guess firstly probably what your strategy was coming off the bike you know, given the position you're in. I think, you, I think you came off the bike with Anne Haug and she ran a flipping 250 or whatever it was. Um, so yeah maybe just to talk us through the run, how it, how it panned out and, uh, and obviously that sort of battle you had with Lucy.
3: Yeah. um, Well, credit to Anne. So she, she got off the bike and she was running really fast. I think, I mean, if you look at my splits on my watch, I think I was probably sort of sitting and I was really happy with myself. I was sitting real neat on the same time, like four or five, probably for that first bit. And then sat on 410 or 412 or something for the rest of the run. And as she ran out there, she just left me for dead. And I'm like, well, if you're going to run, that has to be at least 350 or something at this point. And I figured that, She'd been injured that year, and I was sort of thinking, well, you know what? Like, I know she's capable of running that fast, but if if, she, if there's any chink in the armour, that's going to come back to bite real hard later. Mm. Um, so there's nothing you can do about it. There's no point in even – you can't you, – unless it's sort of a little bit faster and you could sort of sit in and work with someone, if it's that much faster, it's like you just got to focus on yourself, um, especially in Hawaii with the heat and everything else. So – Um, Yeah, I was really pleased. I was running really well, and I just sort of, well, Lucy's a long way up the road, but let's just keep running. And uh, I could tell real early, though, when she flipped back on the alley drive that she um, wasn't looking great, like the form wasn't going to hold together, I didn't think. But you can't sort of think of that. You've just got to notice it and then continue to focus on yourself. But it wasn't until I – so, well, I could see Annie quite a long time. Like even going into the energy lab, I could still see her up the road on, mm. um, because you, it's <laughs> it's a pretty long road. Um, <laughs> 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 and uh, so she swung in there and then I swung in there. And then, um, yeah, down actually in the energy lab, it was like on. Um, she was passing Lucy. And then I got a sniff because I was, I was, I was I was like – yeah I mean you do double back in there but it wasn't I was like running along that long section at the bottom I was like I still haven't come past the two of these guys I'm like what's going on and then then you sort of do the math and you're like there's only a few hundred meters like I could catch this for sure and then I think what happened for me was I sort of got drawn into that process of catching someone even though I was holding my pace it was sort of you become you become the dangling carrot and perhaps I'd, Tried a little bit too hard to catch a little bit too quickly, and you then forget the little things which are just a bit you sort of go through the age stations a fraction too fast, so maybe you'd miss one or two cups of, of fluid, or um, yeah, or maybe like you, you don't eat everything that you could have. So, yeah, and then I caught up to Lucy, and then I just had a bad patch. And when I say bad patch, I've looked back at the, the splits, and you're talking about like a 430 at like nine hours deep into the Hawaiian Man. not even nine hours. It's like eight and a half hours into the Hawaiian Man. And, uh, you know, that could have happened anywhere in that run and Lucy wouldn't have known and mm. probably I could have hidden it. Um, but, yeah, it's just a bad spot. It was powered down. And then she ran past and I'm like, that's happening and I can't do anything about it. And I guess I was proud of myself that, you know, in that moment I didn't, I didn't, fault from what I needed to do to get me safely <laughs> mm. to the finish line and knew that there's possibility of it still being a chance further up the road mm. and just regrouping and but when I caught her, I honestly I'm I'm from a running background and I knew what to do and I was telling my body to surge on her. Uh it just wouldn't do it. Like it, <laughs> it was a disconnect. It's the most amazing thing. It's like you you're thinking something and your body is just not doing it.
0: And the and and desires here as well, isn't it? It's not like it's lacking motivation.
3: Oh, yeah. Like, it's all you want to do. You're like, okay, now I search, 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 yeah, why on. we're not <laughs> Come on. <laughs> come on. And <laughs> um, well, then it was, I was probably like in the back of your head, I guess, subconsciously. there's Your body just knows that if it probably does that, it could end real badly. So it it just sort of protects itself, I guess. Um yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, it was pretty funny.
1: <laughs> still still ran 259, though, so I, I assume that, uh, I look back to your 2017 stats, I think it was a 305, I know the conditions are a bit different, but still 259, so I guess you must have been on for maybe a mid-250 if, um, if you'd been able to keep that sort of level all the way through? Yeah, I think maybe
3: 257 or something like this. Yeah yeah uh oh gosh that was painful though running down that hill i was like is i was in tears it would have been hilarious to watch <laughs> like from if you had like a point of view camera on your face like when you're going down the hill but because <laughs> i was like crying to myself it was so painful but it's so much fun and you're like just don't trip just don't trip just don't yeah. trip <laughs> oh, nice. so um yeah no it was a fun day but it, yeah it's all worth it in the end <laughs> you forget about how actual painful it is like You know, everyone talks about this Lucy moment, but that was the most painful thing I've ever experienced was Mm. running downhill with those legs at the end there.
1: Nice. Um, (laughs) Trying to run fast. Well, one of the reasons we were keen to get you on and the guys from Form Goggles um, helped to get all this uh, to happen is, yeah, I I got a pair of the the goggles a couple of weeks ago. I've only had two swims in them um, at this stage. I'm sure you've had had a lot more. um, And I've just come come in from a swim this morning and uh, some of the metrics you get onto your phone just make it really convenient and easy. Um, So maybe just uh, tell us a little bit about how long you've been swimming in the goggles and, and I guess try to explain to people how they kind of work for you and, and the advantages you get out of them?
3: Yeah, so I um, I saw them at Kona, but I never actually used them and I didn't speak to the team at Kona, but I'd heard of them there and I was really kind of excited to get a hold of some to try them. Um, you know, it's just one of those things I'm, I'm – I'm, I'm, I hate to say it, I do like tech so well I don't say that I like it but I'm always interested and I like to test new things um anything that could p- possibly help with anything I like to have a go so I, I uh, got in contact with the guys they sent me some to Arizona and so I picked them up at the hotel um I didn't have the chance to use them while I was there but when I got back um I had a meeting with Dale actually and we were just like oh we could make a video about these um you know, just test them out and everything else. So that day we were making the video. It was literally the first time I actually saw through them. And they're amazing. So that moment when I'm looking into them is almost, well, I think it was the first time I put them on. So that was legit, uh, mm. real. Um, and so I used them there. but I, And then I put them away for a little bit. So um, I just, you know, like, oh, it's a little bit of work to kind of get these mm-hmm. all ready and, and everything else, in which they're not. They're actually quite intuitive. Yeah. Um But I took them to Adelaide um, when I was training down there for a little break because it's my hometown over Christmas and stuff. And I put them on and and I I noticed they were flat, of course. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But they put my head in a really good position um, just because of the type of goggle that they were and a little bit of heavier on the side They had like the panel that puts the – and I was like, oh, this is actually good for my form, like my actual swim form because uh, I keep my head down. and so i was like oh well, i'll use them anyway and then i charge them up and then i was like oh i'll just start the timer function and just do it on the uh lap swimming mode or whatever and oh this is actually pretty good you can just push off when it says that and you know come in i could see it it's like a digital clock i got really bad eyesight so i was like this is great yeah Yeah, and then you see what you get the data and you're like oh hang on a minute this is good and so then i'm like hang on i gotta get out i gotta get oops sorry about that i gotta get my head around this so i um yeah, I spent a bit of time just making sure that I liked all the screens, and uh, so yeah, that, that once I decided on the screens that I like really liked, uh, it's a, it's just I can't swim without them now because um, well one, having the actual screen on makes your head really. I've always put my head down because I have to, It's easier to see under the water when you have the the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean the data and the pacing is really good. I think I've actually this year I've improved my swim again. Um. And I think a little bit of it's to do with the swim goggles because when I swim, particularly alone, I don't feel like I need anyone there because I've got some. Mm. You got like the instant feedback, um, which is really helpful for the swim um, when you're swimming alone. But also, yeah, even in a group, we're pacing for like 400s and those kind of swims. I, I pace my swims out a lot better now.
1: Um, absolutely I was in the pool this morning and we were doing we're doing a set of 200s and they were supposed to be descending one to three four to six seven to nine and we're doing the first one and I was like swimming along going the guy in front of me's not swimming fast enough got to give him a whack on the feet you're not you're not on pace um so I think from a pacing pacing point of view they're fantastic yeah
3: and I think that's got a lot to do with swimming like just having that because I mean you know, in competitive swimming pools, you have, like, a lot more digital clocks and that sort of stuff. But particularly where I'm swimming, it's like a small pool. We've got one, one little, like, analog clock. And, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to then constantly – you don't have to look up to see. You could just see it. And I've the – the function I like to use is uh, I use the interval and then I have uh, a flip turn one. So when I turn at the 50, it flashes up the, yeah. the last 50 mm-hmm. or 25 and then the cumulative distance underneath mm-hmm. and then the top is the, t- the overall time. So – yeah, that's got me pretty set. And, um, I mean, a few little things that I've discovered that's good to do is if you do sort of any drill type stuff, it's best to put on drill, which includes any freestyle drill where you might swim to the 25 mm-hmm. um, and kicking as well. I just use the drill function. Then you can sort of manually tell it how far you swam in that section nice. each time you have that section. But, yeah, once I worked that out, because I was getting funny swim distances once I was, like, doing a few, few things because of the sensors in them. But um, once you learn how to use them, It's it's not that hard, and it's just a few little things. And once you learn that, that they're amazing. And um, yeah, I sort of liken them to yeah, getting a Garmin for the first time. I tested the very first uh, GPS watch back in the day, like in two thousand or something. Jesus, they're showing your age. (laughs) I know, right? It must have been. It was so long ago. It was like when I was at my first job, and it was this big black square thing that went around my wrist with a Velcro strap. But it was like a one o five or
1: yeah. anyway it was awesome,
3: <laughs> um, but that was the same thing the same feeling that I had it 's like this is going to be something really good, and as it develops, it will become um, yeah like a just a normal thing in most people 's swim mm. swim bags i think
1: um, mm. i haven 't used it outside yet, and I, don't know if I see on the it's middle of winter over here, um, middle of winter in Australia is slightly different, and I know that there i I just was noticing on the website that it's sort of saying um 2020, the outside function is, is coming. So it sounds like you've done a little mm. bit of testing. Um, what's what's that sort of involved?
3: Yeah, it's really cool to be able to help with testing things. Um, yeah, so I've got a special little, uh, oh, I don't know, I had to set up this whole little app thing on my phone. It's like a little testing app and it just sort of links into the normal format. Basically, I've got a, another function in my goggles for open water nice. um, and it links to a certain... So I guess there's the Garmin watch and then the a 945, I think, and the Apple watch. Mm. So I'm using it on the Garmin watch. Um, the guys at Form sent me one to test with, and you have to use it on the same side as the sensor oh, yeah. in the goggles. And it basically picks up – so you could start the watch and then it will pick it up in the goggles. But you see on the goggles the distance, the pace, and your heart rate. Oh, you can set up whatever you want to see. but yeah. And then the timer for, for what you're swimming. So I used it in a test swim up at Harvey Bay about two weeks ago. And it was unreal. So I don't know if I'd use oh, – see, this is debatable because I'm not used to it yet. So uh, maybe when I'm used to it or, uh, you know, I'd definitely use a clean set because I've been using – I just used the same set that I've been using in the pool, which I've been using yeah. for a couple of months. So I couldn't see through them that well. But yeah. um, like I uh, – It was pretty awesome to be able to sort of get to a swim buoy and turn it, and you know, oh well, it wasn't. It was or wasn't long, Mm. Um, and so you're getting a bit of feedback around because sometimes in a massive long swim in like an Ironman, you can feel a bit lost. Mm. So you're swimming for ages. You're like, how much further? Mm. Or is this too far? And and it gives you a bit of comfort. You're like, I swam around the buoy, and they've set it out 50 meters long or something. You're like, oh, Mm. it's all good. And I think it mostly works with those real high-end watches at the moment because the watch has got very good GPS capabilities. So Mm, I think um, it will definitely be predicated on the capability of the watch and its GPS connection Mm. Um, because I know other watches I've swam with haven't been as accurate as that. Um, Yeah. So you just need to try the swim with a few other people with the goggles on. Yeah. And to see... Like, that would be a good test, actually. So you gave me ideas. This is great. (laughs) Uh, Nice. Get a few people together and get them swimming so that we can see if it comes out with a similar number uh, for distance and stuff. But seeing the pace... It's pretty interesting. Like, as it changes for different directions, or you swim into the sun and you slow down, or or whatever. So, yeah, it's quite interesting. Cool.
1: So, guys, I'll do a bit of a review in the next couple of weeks um, of my sort of experiences, but so far, so good. Um, So, Australia, you know, it looks like we're going to, we've got racing back in New Zealand now, just uh, sort of local stuff. It looks like hopefully we're going to see some racing in Australia um, over sort of the summer months and sort of from September on. So have you got sort of much of a plan at this stage as to what you might be doing, assuming the racing does happen?
3: Yeah, so at the moment I'm full head down trying to get myself into some level of regular fitness to do Ironman Cans if it happens. So mm-hmm. I, um, I'm really excited about that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, during COVID we focused heavily heavily on swimming so because uh, there's still a big gap to Lucy and we got young people coming through from ITU and people push up into to Ironman so mm. I've sort of predicted that the swim pack might get a bit faster and um you yeah, know I've, I've stepped it up but then now I've got to like come back and circle back to the other things and and lift them up a bit so um you know there's plenty of time to be able to do that um and then uh following that I'm not sure about the state in America at the moment, but I, mm. I'm trying to head there. I've got a, an exemption to travel for work um, mm. to be able to go to America because I've got a long-term visa. So, um, yeah, but I guess in another 10 weeks, things might change over there and we're not sure. So that mm. will be the next step. will be to aim for Daytona, but Daytona is a hot spot. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, exactly.
0: Just, just on an emotional level, how have you found this time? Not, not like, you know, like down in the dumps kind of stuff, but just – focus wise you know like just on that level how have you kind of got through this time in a way that's good for you
3: yeah i mean i i guess my coach just is good with the training so i've been able to not think so much about focused racing kind of stuff which can be pretty intense and it's kind of been a relief for me because i've been really doing that for a long time and so to have a bit of just sort of like less pressure on me has been actually great um and so I've used the time to kind of focus more on myself, um, you know, in the future and what I'm going to do down the track and business opportunities and ideas and, and that sort of stuff. So it's been awesome. Um, Yeah. Like Dale and I've put together a plan for a bit of a business to help out with sort of marketing and PR and stuff for athletes. And um, yeah, we're looking to kind of expand that. I'm just probably in the, in the near term, it's going to be sort of silent from my perspective because I'm still very much focused on racing, but um, you know, you don't, you're not able to do that kind of stuff without uh, without a bit of time to step back and see what you can do. You know, and I've spoken to a lot of people in businesses lately um, in the try industry and everyone sort of said the same thing. They're constantly chasing expos and, and events and setting up marketing for events and everything else and this has given them time to focus on where, what, where they want to head in the future as well. So um, that's been really fun and um, – yeah, although now it's time. I'm ready to start looking at, uh, you know, getting back on top of things and and um, and hitting, hitting the racetrack. So, yeah, yeah it, hopefully Cairns goes ahead because we've got to sort of like – I mean, it's all with a pinch of salt, isn't it? If someone sneezes on a stack of apples, <laughs> it's <laughs> over.
1: Yeah, it's all over. <laughs> uh, well, Be- Bevan loves your, um, your, your Instagram. So in terms of if people want to follow you, what's the, the best sort of means to do that?
3: Yeah, I mean, mostly on Instagram, that's where everything's sort of kept up today. Um, so, Sarah underscore Stan underscore Crowley. That's a uh, – Stan was a nickname from a tri-squad. Um, nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stark, and now I can't change it to Sarah Crowley because someone got that. Um yeah. yeah. <laughs> so then, um, yeah, and I guess my website is where everything's kind of the source of – you can link to everything up from there. So, that's um, www.sarahcrowleytriathlete.com. Brilliant. Um, and then uh, yeah I guess I'm on Facebook as a page and all that sort of stuff too Twitter yeah cool
1: well we know you've got to get off to go do some swim training use those so goggles th- yep thanks so yeah, much, for, goggles, you t- yeah. thanks so much <laughs> for your time and um, fingers crossed we'll see you racing in a couple of months time yeah bring it on
3: awesome pleasure thanks for all having nice.
1: me John your thoughts oh, I'm pleased we've done that I've um, I don't See much media from Sarah Crowley in terms of interviews and stuff, and she's relatively new to the scene. You know, it's only been a few years she's that she's 30, been She's got thirty thousand followers
0: on Instagram. She's done something right. Yeah.
1: So um, I thought she was she was great. Yeah. Really. Uh, she's just, just
0: got a cool personality. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And got all her bases covered in terms of she's got that fullback option, you know, she's been an accountant and she's obviously planning for the future but uh, she's still got a few more good years in front of her. When you think, she's only started back in 2016 full noise, we're only four years in, she is 38 I think, so, but, uh, so she might be registering herself in the next couple of years for that sub-9. Uh, but she's still on a, a really nice trajectory. Very nearly got second in Kona last year. Uh, so looking forward to seeing what she can do this year. But very consistent. Lots of wins. Do
0: you know what's really interesting as well? is Does that give you a different career path if you know you've got security at the other side of it?
1: I think it would take... I, I, do you know what I mean? Because like, takes she knows...
0: Off day she quits triathons she can walk back into a career now she may not want to Mm. but she's got a pretty strong career that she can walk down
2: Mm.
0: a lot of athletes they get to that moment after their career they have nothing Mm. you know and maybe in our sport more than others because you think of like a professional rugby player in New Zealand nowadays they have pathways for their development posts so the Mm. the the players association have these trainings you know trade training academic training so these these organizations are making sure these kids leave the sport with some kind of qualification so they have a career post sport whereas with such an independent sport if you're a triathlete who's just gone balls in for triathlon i've used balls in a lot today haven't i yeah (laughs) but but if you've gone all in for triathlon you're not really thinking about post-triathlon, are you?
1: No, and it would depend a lot on the individual because you can look at it two ways. You can go... Maybe they're not going to go as hard because they know they've got that security uh, to fall back on, going, oh, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't work, then I can go back and be an accountant. Yeah. So or maybe it allows me way. to take
0: more risk because I'm like, hey, if it doesn't work, I can go back and be an accountant.
1: Yeah, or the flip side of it, you've got the desperation on the other side when the athlete who hasn't got that backup is like, I've got to make this happen because I ain't got anything else happening. So um, then you've got that desperation or fear, I guess, fear of failure if you don't pull it yeah. off. So I think it just would, would more come down to the individual. Interesting stuff.
0: Um, okay, John, let's do Waker Waker
1: of the week. Okay. I managed to crack the top 100 this week. I got 79th. I'm gonna go 17. 17. 17. Yes.
0: 17. Last week,
1: pram runner. Pram, pram runner. Pram runner. Now that I pram pram runner, and he's got a picture of running with a pram. Running with a pram. It's so a pram runner. Um, pr- 19,
0: uh, impressive, Brett.
1: 19 hours and 30 minutes. Uh, he's from Whittleton in Australia. He's got a picture there of him with him with Guy Crawford. Oh. Uh, and he did he did more than pram running. He did two hours forty three of swimming. He did oops I've gone to the wrong bloody page now. Two hours forty three minutes of swimming, and then twelve hours and three minutes of biking. And he did do plenty of running four hours and forty three minutes. Oh. Uh, so good work, pram runner. You are a wanger of the week from Western Brett, Australia. I think it's Brett
0: the pram runner from Western Australia. You are the wanger of the week. Personal
1: trainer, age group triathlete. And he's got, it looks like just one kid. He's only got one pram. Wait till you get to the double pram. That's when it becomes more challenging to do your pram running. Uh, I still it, think you need a harness. No, you, you you get them up to, it's, you know, you've got to get them up to speed. Once you're still up to running speed, like this, aren't you? Actually, the double pram, you've got a wider it's actually in some degrees more weight. better, more weight, and you've got a wider bar. What's the longest you ran with a pram? <sighs> Probably not more than half, 40 minutes, I'd say at the most. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 Phil and I, we ran the uh, City Surf one year. So that Is was 14Ks. Yeah. And that we had both the kids. How was that? Well, it was uh, navigationally a little tricky oh, getting through the crowds. Because you guys are quick. Yeah, we started at the back thinking, oh, this this will just, we don't want to get in people's way, but people got in our way. Uh,
0: John. Mm-hmm. They're so selfish. They are. So if
1: you want to come uh, get in part of our wanger of the week, go on to Strava.com, look for the IM Talk podcast club, join up and get amongst it. Get amongst it. Questions and answers.
0: answers. We've just got more random thoughts here. Um, Mark Austin is forced to retire. What's happening here, John? And who's Mark Austin?
1: Mark Austin was a triathlete. He got the bronze medal at the Commonwealth Games. I think it was the last Commonwealth Games. For he's who? Been... Sorry? What country? Uh, he's from Scotland. Oh, so he's nice. been forced to retire with a... Oh, so he's uh, still quite young. Hard issue, yeah, and he's still really young. So that was obviously no good for him, but at least he's found out about it and can move on. And the other um, retraction I've got to make here, which is um, Tony O'Hagan, who we know passed away a few weeks exactly. ago, which was really, really sad. He, uh, for those that didn't listen to that show, he was a fantastic Kiwi athlete and a fantastic guy. Uh, and it was a real sudden boom. Yep. It was gone. And it was, it was horrific. And... Um, the word on the Facebook and media and stuff was that it was a heart related issue and apparently it wasn't it's unknown at this stage it's still with the coroner so we don't actually yep. know so it wasn't a heart related issue okay so we
0: don't want to read too much into that uh, John let's talk about our patrons you can go first
1: okay thanks Bevan uh, Liam <laughs> Robo Tri-Feed and Parry you say it really quick then you can't <laughs> cock Yeager, it up I, I think
0: you actually did really well I'm going to say Michael built to last Collins oh the
1: pronunciation there is amazing <laughs> this
0: is what I do I always go pronunciation okay John go first alright go first. <laughs>
1: uh, and Christopher Little J Swain.
0: Okay, if you want to become a patron of the show, go me get the show, uh, go through the process, get a gift, support the boys, that's what it's all about. If you want to show email to you, front page of the website, down the bottom. Also, if you want to come to our Kona Championship, World Championship.
1: The, point of, the finger is getting pointed at me. Yep. I'm, I'm there. Yeah,
0: I'm there as well. I just need to register. Uh, go to the same website. Um, also, if you want to get some coaching, I did see you've got a couple of spots available, John.
1: I have. So go to coachjohnnewsome.com and I, the reason I put that on Facebook is, a lot of people are struggling at the moment just to go, to stay motivated and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've got some spaces and it just gives you a bit of direction to your program and gives you a, more of a long-term. Oh. In long- any
0: area of your life you want to get better, get, get, get a mentor. Yeah. You know, yeah. like seriously, and get a good mentor. I, re- I did a piece about this recently. Okay, here we go. Here's, how do you choose a good mentor? Because mm-hmm. I do a lot of content creation and particularly for people who aren't into exercise. Um, and so I, there's three parts to getting a good mentor. And hopefully, I think you took all of them. So, good, <laughs> good. <Gotcha. laughs> gotcha. First of all, they need the knowledge, mm-hmm. so they need the qualification. It's, it's you know, they need, and personal training. They need the fitness qualifications. They need the, okay. So, knowledge one. Second of all, they have to have been there and done that. You know, if we're yeah. not finding great mentors, because you can read a book. Like I, when I started property investing as a young man, I read every book ever in property investing. Mm. I bought my, bought, bought my first property, none of it mattered. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. experience it counts for so much. So you need the knowledge, mm-hmm. but actually, experience counts for so much. And then, thirdly, they've got proven that they can help people like you. Mm. And like, because we're like, with my running group, we're so proud of the fact that we've, like, we, we target beginner runners for, for an aspect of our business. We have a 90% success rate. So, 90% of the people who join get up to five run 5Ks. We're so proud of that because those mm. people fail of exercise. Now, we've learnt what these people need. Mm. So, we've proven that we can help people of that market. And so, when you're looking for a great mentor, you need those strengths. They've got to have, they've got to have the, the qualities. They've got to have been there and done that because there's just things they learn because they're going to know the hurdles you're going to have to face and then they're going to proven it they can help people like you and it's such an important part and, and choosing John Newsom, There
1: you go. Oh, there's getting. a question for you though, Bevan, because a lot of us uh, who are serious athletes or have become serious athletes don't understand, say, that 5K market. So yeah. what are the keys? And this could be how... We can help people that don't oh, do exercise. It's a completely what, different what product. What are the keys for them to actually getting them to 5K?
0: So it's, it, it's it's a really it's a really interesting thing actually because it's you're really the most important thing is your emotional journey, mm. and you've got to remember these people are coming into and these people can be it's like because you often think oh they're insecure people it's not true they're just insecure of exercise mm. so they're often very successful people in other areas of their life it's just around exercise, and the thing I often talk about is that. It's not that these people haven't tried. Mm. They've tried many times and failed. And when you think about that, if you've tried something and you've failed, it's really hard to go back up again. When you've tried ten times and failed, you've just given mm. up. And so, like the thing is the reason people join our product is because they see we have made people successful. So there's two things. On the physical side, you've every part of, so when I designed it, the first thing is what I call my entry point. So the entry point is when they turn up to their first session, how can you guarantee they walk away from that session feeling successful? Mm. That's the most important thing because often they, these people go into the first session thinking they're going to fail, looking for reasons they're going to fail, mm. and often fail. And, and often the way fitness professionals design these products is they make them fail. So mm. it's way too hard. These people walk away and they just quit. Mm. So when the first experience they need to have, like I've had people say to me, they came to watch. After, they came to our session. They didn't turn up. They sat in a car mm. and watched the first session. All right. And then came to the second session because they yeah. saw people walking away at the end, seeing they've been successful. Mm. That's that's the kind of level of fear these people have coming into it. So the first thing is they need to. First session needs to be the entry point needs to be successful. So for us, there's a little strength component, but lots of options. It's pretty pretty basic, mm. and then it's a walk run. Basically, mainly walking. We say walking's like you're walking with your mates, and the runs like 30 seconds, and we tell them to go stupidly slow. So it's really managed. So they walk away from that first session. They go shit, I did it, and mm. I felt good. Then what you've got to really manage really well is these stretches. So mm. that first session, they stay in that for three sessions. Mm. So what you do is you, they get comfortable at that level. Now you also got to think about how you design the program that's going to be safe for their body. Mm. So the, the, you know, there's the physical designing of the actual workout. Then, then, what you've got to think about is how do you stretch them to the next level? So, mm. beginners they're doing three and a half minutes of walking, thirty seconds of light jogging, and we and we're we're coaching them what light jogging is because what we've learned is but most beginners go too hard. Oh, absolutely! I yeah. was I was
1: telling people at a session last night. I was standing there because my I'm, I'm, my injury's starting to go away, but we were doing five hundred meter recovery, five hundred meter efforts, and then there was about one hundred and fifty meters recovery, and almost. Every single person was running the recovery far too high. I was just standing there going, yeah. slow down. You're running too fast for recovery. Slow down, slow down. Yeah,
0: a- so. a- a- and for beginner people... The, the, the big thing you're trying to teach them is how to manage exercise hmm. and they just don't have that skill so you're really teaching them and that's why having coaches beside them is really important because you are teaching them no that's too fast go slower hmm. and at first they can kind of get away with it because if only 30 seconds they can kind of manage that but if, as the weeks go by it's, they're just setting up bad management so once you've had three sessions then you've got to think about what's the right stretch and so like after a week they've done three sessions at three and a half and thirty so then Okay, what's a level that A is safe for their body but B again gives them a winning moment mm. and so we, we've determined that's around about 45 seconds to a minute so then the next week they're three minutes of walking a minute of jogging and now physiologically it's designed really well like our injury rate's really low again mm. we have 90% success rate and these are people who are really unconditioned often overweight, haven't exercised in 10 years um, so we've designed it so physiologically but the key thing is is you want them to turn up to that next session because now they're scared of the jump Mm. So you know, if you make the stretch too high, they'll, they'll fail the next session. And mm. these people, even though you get into windows first three sessions, they're still really vulnerable. They're still mm. the, the thing you learn is one bad day can be a quick moment for them. Yeah. Like for us, we've had I've had days where you run down and you just you're embarrassing your session. <laughs> <laughs> But you know you'll get up and do it tomorrow. Well, these yeah. people haven't developed that skill yet. So what you're looking to do is you're basically looking to give them the this, this, this stretch. So the next jump in their progression needs to be one that you guarantee they'll win. Mm. So they, they build a bit of confidence in that first level. Then they come along. To, and they come along to that first session next week. They're always a bit scared. But it's a, it's a right stretch. They come along. Oh, shit, mm. I did it. Mm. Now, what happens is you're really managing that journey for them. And then what's happening is each week you're starting to build their belief in their ability because mm. I believe I'm a big believer in that belief is based on evidence. So what happens is about six weeks into the program and you've managed this journey really well, is they have they start to realise that oh I'm going to get there and there's a real shift. I had it, I actually spoke on Instagram about this the other day. One of my runners who's six weeks into get up to five and she's a, she's a girl who's an overweight girl, had an size and ever. And she came up to me and she said, Bevan, I thought of myself as a runner the other day. <laughs> and that's a real key moment because what's happening is you're shifting their identity. Mm. They're starting to, like you and I, we're exercisers. That's our mm. identity. You're, you're starting to shift your identity. Um, so that's really what you're trying to do is you're trying to build their, use evidence with good management to build their belief in their ability. Um, also other things, they need so much more emotional support. Mm. Um, I, I think one of the reasons our products are really successful is everybody's of the same level going towards the same goal. Mm. So there's no pub, there's no pressure. Mm. Um, so for example, a lot of people join a running group, but you put them with people who are fast runners. Yeah. So they do that comparison thing that just beats themselves up. Mm. Whereas in our group, everyone's, you know, we've got like 50 people in our group right now in the 5K group. Everyone's on the same goal. They're all with the same ability. Mm. So, you, you, you know, they all, they, there's that sense of mission. Mm. Um, the group component's really important. Just you always think of those little psychological things. So like one thing we do, we know that most people when they join the group, they're worried about being the last runner. Mm. You know, that that you know, we've had people tell us we're fearful of joining a group because we don't see people see us running. Mm. So there's this real insecurity around it. So we do things like in our runs, they're never distance runs, they're always timed. Mm. And we do a turnaround time. So like everyone takes off and everybody turns around at 14 minutes. Mm. So you might be faster than me, you're further up the road. But when we turn around, I'm now. I might have been the slowest runner, but now I'm at the front of the group, mm. and we all get back at the start at the same time. Now that's good because it's good for us to manage as, with what we do with our business. But it, that little thing takes so much pressure off them emotionally. Mm. And so you really what you're trying to do is you're building their belief, you're giving them a safe emotional experience, and you're never putting pressure on them. So mm. never – like if, if my coach – one of our coaches said to one of our fives, you need to go faster, I'd tell them off. <laughs> because in, this, cause in, in the first part of the journey, intensity is a real risk factor, A for injury, mm. but B for making them quit. So what we do is in their first block, when they do their first 5K program – we never never te- honestly we always having to go slower mm. it's you know and they go i can walk fast it doesn't matter you condition your body for running once i've done it once then they come back again and we get them up to 8k and when they do the second junior we, we add some intensity but we say we want you to do some self-guided intensity mm. so what we want you to do right now is we're going to do you're going to do 20 minutes we know they can run 5k's so we know they can run continuously so we say when you can do 20 minutes we're going to do 20 minutes easy running one minute walking and then you're going to do seven minutes where you're going to try to go faster. But you have to hold that pace for seven minutes. Mm. So what you're doing is you give them self-guided journey of adding some intensity into the exercise.
1: Now once you, w- you don't want to give away your whole business model here, Ben. Oh, no. People, <laughs> hey, mate, the thing for me
0: is my job is to get people moving. If you want to copy it and do it, by yeah. all means. You know, to be honest, there's a lot more behind the scenes that yeah. makes this business work. Then once they've done that program, then they go into our 10K group. Mm. Now, when they're going to 10K, now where they've had four months of running, five to six months of running, in a really good place. Now we start to drive intensity. Mm -hmm. So now is when as a coach, I will start to the first few weeks we teach them a bit more about it. By the end of it I'm doing that thing of, come on, you need to go harder. You know, because now we've developed that frame foundation for movement. We've let them explore intensity, and now we can start to push them. And that's when they get that emotional high that comes with exercise, which is more about that harder stuff. Mm. By the time these people are doing half marathons, they're, they're like athletes. Mm. You know, we can I can treat them like an athlete. I can show disappointment. I can ask more of them. I can, you know, and so it's that real emotional journey of taking someone who's insecure around exercise into becoming an athlete. And it takes about a year, mm. but once we've got them through that journey, there'll be exercises forever.
1: Totally different kettle of fish to yeah, try oh, totally. And,
0: and when I first did the product, it was a real failure because I mm. treated them like fit people. Mm. And there was a the real key for me was, was the, I remember the first get up to five we did a lady who said it's just too hard, I can't do it. Mm. And I was like, because I, I approached it with the things that we do. And mm. it's one of the things I say is that one of the biggest problems for the fitness industry is fit people who design the programs, mm. and we design with the things we love, and we don't cater to the needs of like I got. I, I, I got a bit of criticism from a lady the other day about a product I'm creating at the moment. And she was really critical of not just me, but kind of women's gyms mm. or women's, and you know, like gyms that have women's parts. And she was like, you know, women should be empowered and they shouldn't have this stuff. The problem with that is, is th- there's a need for that because some people need that th- as a stepping stone, mm. you know, and you know, get up to five is a stepping stone to get people into exercise. Now we get into the place where they're athletes, but, you know, you there needs to be places for people where they can safely have that first part of their journey and a woman's gym while some people might frown upon it and say women should be empowered and all the rest of it if it's a stepping stone that gets them into exercise it's a great thing mm. so yeah
1: good times
0: okay John what's your goss
1: so my goss had a big weekend on uh, on the indoor trainer it was drizzling all weekend down here so it's
0: been an average winter isn't it
1: it has uh, fantastic lockdown period down here but then it's been rubbish since but it's nice out there today so I'm going to get outside again did uh, the Four Horsemen which is a massive big ride on Zwift and then did the new, new Mont Ventoux stage on uh, Sunday going up a uh, big mountain in, in Watopia, in, not Watopia in France but online so that was kind of fun um, but quite painful, it was an hour, I think I had an hour 17, it was uphill the whole way and it was a so bit now of Now when a you're grind. doing that how
0: much do you, sit, how much do you stand?
1: Mix it up a little bit, you do. mix it up a bit. Not as much as probably what you do on the road, but I do stand up um, from time to time. So that was my train, on the training front, uh, I won, I tell you this, Here we go, here we go. <laughs> I won Cluedo, not Cluedo, uh, what, what is it, Cluedo Deal. Yeah, like Monopoly Deal? You oh, they've got Cluedo Deal, they? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, I'm
0: getting there. I love Monopoly Deal. <laughs>
1: yeah. We play it like five times a week. Oh, and so we're sitting there before we're playing, we want to have a game with Tom, me, Blinder, Tom. Uh, it's it's, it's, quick. it's a hell of a lot quicker than Cluedo So it's pretty quick Is it, is it is as good as a Monopoly a, deal? No
0: Oh because I love Monopoly yeah, deal No, I love Monopoly deal too It's a great game
1: And Belinda's going We're not playing this Because you're hopeless at John You're hopeless at uh, You always go. cock it up You muck it up And you, you ruin it for everybody else You muck it up It's like okay well, If I win Be prepared for a bit <laughs> of a poor winner Took them down <laughs> But it was a fifty-fifty call because I knew it wasn't <laughs> going to go around another turn, yep. and I knew two of them. But I, I had two cards, so I think I knew the room and the the uh, person. But I didn't know what. They so did. you took a guess. I had two cards here. So I took a guess, got it right. Oh, I love it. rubbed that in, like you <laughs> wouldn't believe, and just carried on. I'm still carrying on. That was Saturday, and today's uh, Tuesday. So one McCludo. So that was the highlight of my weekend, Bevan. Uh, and then this weekend. Back to racing, organising my first event this weekend. JD Triathlon. JD or Juathlon even. Yep. Uh, so that's going to be good. Uh, weather forecast is pretty reasonable. And yes, looking forward to it. And I will say, I got an email from Annette the other day. And I do want to keep, not apologising for us, but life's back to normal in New Zealand. She yeah. said so it was quite nice that when we said... That we do understand that the rest of the world is still rough as guts, and it is still rough a business down here. But we are back to normal. But for the rest of you guys and the rest of the world that are st- struggling with shit going on, yeah, hearts I go just out feel to right you, guys. For you guys? Yeah, man, like
0: I, 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 I. There's not a day I don't appreciate where we are and mm. think, geez, we are so lucky because it's like, like even the fitness industry. I think gyms are maybe opening in the UK this week. And you mm. just think, man, it's tough. Mm. You know, that's my world, and so it's just interesting watching on Facebook and places like that. You know, people are losing their careers. It's just so horrible, mm. you know. And so, like, yeah, we get it. We're very lucky, mm. you know. And, and also, we also understand these things could come back. So, mm. you know, definitely. Um, What's well, happening
1: yeah. for you, Bevan. John,
0: I tell you what, have you got Disney
1: Plus? I think we have at the moment. We sort of chop and change all over the place. You we- need to watch Hamilton. Oh yeah, Belinda loves Hamilton She loves it But I, I, we started watching the other night I need to brush up on history Before I actually watch it Do you? It. Yeah. I think so I, yeah. th- I don't know if you do Because I think
0: it kind of In some ways the surprises of it Is actually quite cool She absolutely
1: she. Had you not? Have you listened to music before? Uh, I've listened to bits and pieces But she absolutely loves it We watched
0: were, it on, We Joe's niece uh, Amelia lives down in Arrowtown so She was staying up last week So um, she came and stayed Thursday night And um, she's on tour as well we got, We're lucky because the big screen and stuff So we caught it on Oh my god Just The guy wrote the whole thing by himself mm. And like You just think I just I love human excellence mm. You know what I mean And you know like I us listen to an um, What was I Jim Carrey did an interview With Mark Merron Jim Carrey's a bit of a space cadet nowadays But um, He talked about one thing One of his acting coaches said People always find it attractive When you see someone A human In the presence of Excellence mm. Or just being a 100% presence Of the things they're doing And you just think the, oh, just the, what this guy's put together mm. is just, and it's just it's a, so basically. If you don't know much about Hamilton, it's the biggest theater thing ever. It's kind of broken all the records. Uh, it's a story of one of the founding fathers of America, Alexander Hamilton. I'm not sure if he was a founding father, but one of the key people at that time. Um, fascinating story, but he's made into a rap musical, and he uses all basically immigrant people to America as a part mm. of it. So so it's kind of a bit controversial as well. Um, but oh my god, just mind blown yeah mm, it was absolutely great. awesome so highly highly recommend over that went out partying the night Woo-hoo. Home, home by 12.30 no home yeah. by
1: home by 11 there's a new club in town or something like that I heard oh, a nightclub? which is uh, they're not allowed to play any sort of crappy 80s stuff it's all new tech night oh yeah <laughs> yeah wasn't there
0: John no <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no went to a party it was a fur party a, f- a fur party you had to wear furs right yeah, so I had a, like a fur pulling yeah, the thing. yeah it, was, it was very hot yeah the furs are warm yeah. now some people had some furs like that with the one guy had a fur which is like a throw over but it had the face of the animal saw in it
1: probably going to get it's away little, with that nowadays yeah politically incorrect <laughs> pretty dated I tell <laughs> you
0: so those are good times other than that John let's wrap it up
1: I'm Russ I'm Midnight Train Hard Train Smart Kia car.